Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where you watch a randomly selected horror movie every single week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. This isn't really random. No, it's not, but I'm not changing. You just finished watching a movie like five minutes ago. Look here, you son of a... I told you when you mentioned this last time, if you want special intros, you better start writing them. I just thought you'd go a horror podcast where we continue watching a randomly selected horror movie every week. No. If you want, uh, look, if you want a custom intro, you write them. And I'm Ben. He's not Bob. (laughs) I'm Bob. That's Ben. So I should clarify for the audience, damn it. Our voices sound distinct. I thought you were going to say our voices sound the same, and I was like, we do not sound the same. That'd be a fun episode. (laughs) What? If we sounded the same? We dub our lines over. (laughs) So it's just one of us. Oh, no. (laughs) Would it be me or would it be you? I think it should be you. Yeah. Every line is just, you would sound stupid. I can just throw my voice. Oh, well. I I, I got a good Bob impression. <laughs> you ready for it? No, I'm not. I don't want to hear it. <clears throat> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beware the Board. That just sounded like you. I don't know. It kind of sounded like you. <laughs> I don't sound like that. You sound like a little crotch goblin. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Well, hi, everybody. Yeah. Welcome back. We uh We just finished watching Urban Legend. So we're going to watch Urban Legend 2, which is what I've just started calling it between episodes because I didn't know what it's... I don't know if it's actually called anything. I'm just calling it Urban Legend 2. Even though I'm pretty sure you told me at the start of Urban Legend what it's called. Maybe. Because you were like, we're watching Urban Legend and Urban Legend... What was it? I forget. It's been a couple hours now. I'm going to be honest. I don't remember what it was either. <laughs> like, if I told you or not. I, I'm, I'm very much looking at the name of it. Okay. <laughs> ah, Sorry, guys. I forgot... What movie we're watching? Yeah, um, we're watching Urban Legends. Oh, with the an added S, S. Colon. Okay. Final cut. Final. That just sounds like it should be the name of like an uncut version of the original movie. Yes. Except for the S, which implies that there's more than there's m- actually two Urban Legends in this film. Unlike the first movie, which only has one. The one had I don't know. There were like there were like less than ten, but more than five. Was, Six or seven. There was a shit ton mentioned, though. Oh, yeah, there were a shit ton mentioned. Maybe we, we'll see some of those. Maybe the spiders in the bubblegum will come up. I mean, I got a whole list again. So, Oh, hell yes, brother. With that being said, got to say, first of all, the first movie should have been Urban Legends, right? Yeah, absolutely. And not Urban Legend. Yeah, that's because, fair. like, there's multiple. There's definitely multiple. It's I, dumb I, that they don't use it. Looking at my list, I think there's definitely more mentioned in that film mm. than there is in this but one. Yeah, because I would expect them not to want to reuse them. Yeah. Unless it's like something that's pretty cool, and then they can reuse them. But also, missed opportunity on just calling this one Urban Legends. Mm. It would have been confusing. It would have been very confusing. To have Urban Legend and Urban Legends. Legends. But cool names. Cool names. I just, the final cut, like, that. <sighs> they had to add something at the bottom so you remember that, oh, this is Urban Legend 2. Yeah. Because otherwise, just... it's you have to... Ha- we would be having a conversation about the franchise and be like, yeah, so there's Urban Legend and then there's Urban Legends. And particularly, I think Urban Legends has 5% more Urban Legends than Urban Legend. Yeah. That's a confusing conversation. It did, but they could have just called it Urban Legend 2. Well, I think that's not a strong title. It solves the problem without adding this final cut epithet, which I don't like. Yeah, but it's an epithet. So technically, you don't have to read it, right? You I could just say guess? Urban Legends. Because it's like that's the big name and the the little one. I guess I just I'm frustrated by how I don't like this the epithet on this one. Final, it's better than you think. Okay, well it's true. I haven't seen the movie, so I don't really have like 
anything to base this on. I just, straight out the gate, I don't know if I like it, but we'll see. No, straight out the gate is bad, but it's yeah. better than you think. Okay, cool. All right, description. You ready? Yeah. Uh, first of all, this movie came out in 2000. Okay, what so, was the last one? 1997? Nope, 98. Yep, yep, okay. 97's I Know What You Did Last Summer. That's why. 96 is Scream. Scream. It's, it's literally one, two, three. <laughs> nice. Description. Different school, different stories, and the same unfortunate deaths. Because they're urban legends. Okay, 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 okay. That was good. Yeah. That was, okay. That was nice. I would applaud you, but it'd be very loud on the podcast. You can add a clapping sound effect, like one of the ones with the big Are room. you trying to make this harder on me? Yes. But I think it'd be very funny. Length's an hour and 37 minutes long. Okay, it's about the same length as the first one. Yeah, and it's uh, rated R. Thank God. Uh, review scores. IMDb gave it a 4.4 out of 10. Eh. Tomato meter gave it a 9%. Oh, God. And an audience score of 20%. Okay. Now, I think this might be a good time to have this conversation. I think generally on this podcast, we think IMDb scores tend to be more accurate. Sure. We usually agree with them more. And I think partially that's because they're a composite. Mm-hmm. But also, as we learned recently, remember that story you sent me? Yeah. Oh, man. I... I didn't know if I wanted to mention that or not. I think it's kind of cool to mention. It is cool to mention. Basically, it came out that there was um, a company like artificially controlling scores on Rotten, uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Tomatoes. Yeah. They were like conflating it. They were literally paying people to review stuff well or poorly, depending on what they wanted. Now, I'm not sure like for how long that's been going on. I have no idea. Or how recent of a thing that is. Or what movies it affected. You know, like yeah. we don't have all the data on that, but it just came out that that was happening. And there was tons of articles about it going around. Yeah, definitely not this movie. Maybe this movie. No, no. definitely <laughs> not this movie. Well, maybe someone hates it. Because I'm pretty sure... Well, it'd be... That's probably a thing affecting, like, movies that are in theaters. Yeah. To affect, like, people mm-hmm. going to see them. And, like, box office sales and yeah. money and stuff. It's, like, a probably a corporate thing. It's like corporate espionage. I don't believe so. Well, I mean, it could be, though. Right, it's, I guess, technically, what, market manipulation? Yeah. Right? But that's just... It's basically, like really shitty advertising <laughs> right i mean yeah i hadn't really considered that like you go to this trusted source and it's like oh it's not that trusted but technically they weren't doing it <laughs> it's a classic joke of but i wasn't doing anything illegal right <laughs> jesus christ you know but this movie's probably not affected by that i just thought we should bring that up because you know yeah i w- yeah i almost said we should have brought that up on an actual episode of the podcast but this is an actual, is an episode, actual episode of the podcast, podcast. We just record so much extra content that I'm just like, is this real? Is this a real episode of the podcast? Yeah, recently. Hopefully, we're going to be done with that soon. Ben, yeah. you keep forgetting October's coming up. Yeah, that's fine. We have so much stuff no, scheduled have, for October. We have nothing scheduled in October. <sighs> October is going to be hell. For awards, it has one win and two nominations. Hey, what did it win? I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't write that down anymore. Yeah, I thought... It killed me one time, and I was like, no, I'm not writing down no, that's... 27 awards by hand ever again. That's fair. I just thought maybe you'd written it down this time because it was only one. I mean, I can go check if you want. No, it's probably not worth it. It didn't win anything cool. If I had to guess. Is it a Saturn Award? No, I was going to say it'd be a Teen Choice Award. Oh! A lot of these um these films in this kind of meta category have won Teen Choice Awards. That makes sense. Like, I know what you did last summer. No, that definitely had makes one. sense. Because, again, that's kind of their demographic. Winner. Film for Choice Horror slash Thriller at the Teen Choice Awards. Nice. On the money there. On the fucking money, Benjamin. (laughs) 
Do you want me to read you the nominees? No. Since I'm here anyways? No, it's fine. I'm going to read them to you anyways. Okay. Uh, the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films for the U.S. Uh, nominated it for Best Horror Film. It didn't win that, but it was nominated. I don't know what else came out in That 2000. was technically a Saturn Award. but <laughs> And then the Fangoria Chainsaw Award. Nominee for Worst Film. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I knew that had to be. I kind of was hoping it won that. Didn't win it. It was only nominated. When did when did they like send out the stuff for the Chainsaw Awards? Uh, when do they send it out? Yeah, do you know? I think it's in like I want to say at the end of the year around October, but I could be wrong. Okay, we should. I. It's probably it's probably like close to the December and January because it's for the year. Yeah, but October would make more sense because it's horror stuff. But I was just curious because oh yeah, it is like October because remember last year. I think that's when they I went through and I was reading the Chainsaw Award winners to you at work because we were bored. We never. I know. To do. I I took a part in the poll, but yeah. I uh, you know what? I'm just gonna look it up. Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. When do they take place? I was just curious because like I would love to. Not that we should do a podcast episode about the Chainsaw Awards, but like the Chainsaw Awards are super cool. I, mean, I would love to talk about them. The with awards you. premiered May 21st on Shutter. Mm-hmm. So that's assuming they when they came out. Okay. So the 2023. I don't know when they sent ballots in. Okay. But that's I'd also love to vote came out. if I can. I mean, if you're on their newsletter, they just send you a, a I need thing. to subscribe to Fangoria. That's what I need to do. Well, basically, if you get their magazine. I want to, but it's you. like, should I? Because spoilers, and I'm like. You don't have to read them. But I want to. But you could just keep them for a while. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. This podcast is like a double-edged sword. <laughs> Like, well, it makes see, me so sad sometimes. You started the podcast, and you were like, I don't like horror. This is kind of just something I'm doing to use my audio equipment. Yeah, and for fun. And for fun, but I'm just going to be scared. So I'm basically going to have to do it once a week, and then I'll be good. I'll never have to think about horror for the rest of the week. And then we got a season in, and you were like, oh. This is all cool, man. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. Ben, can I watch this movie? No. Ben, no. can I watch this show? No. Ben, can I? No. Yeah. I'm banned. I think the only thing you've been allowed to watch off the podcast Skinamarink. was Skinamarink because I straight up was like, nah. We we should never watch that for the podcast. We're not going to watch it's that. It's not for a good podcast. podcast movie. There's yeah. nothing to talk about. It would be us going, man, because first of all, I like that movie. Like, I'm one of. That movie got a bunch of really weird mixed <laughs> one reviews. Of two people. And there are people that shit on it for not being scary. That movie's fucking terrifying, first I, of all. And I, I'll admit, I'm a scared little baby. And also, that was early stages horror, Bob. Mm, kind of uh, still. I think that's still like season one or two. No, 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 no. We were like season four. No. Three or four. No. We had to have been. No. Because I already had a bunch of Blu-rays. Yeah, but you had a bunch of Blu-rays season one. No, I didn't. It was, it was a while ago. But it was not like super early. Like we had done. Bob. What? It was in January. When did. That's when it came out? Yeah. I didn't watch it right as it came out. I I watched it after. I know. A while, like a couple months after. In January. How do you know I watched it in January? Because you watched it right after it came out. No, I didn't. Totally. So I'm telling you. (laughs) It was like February or something. We were like doing Wild West stuff, I think. Season three. We were doing what stuff? Wild West. It's like season three. (sighs) Isn't it? it? (laughs) Japan. Cowboys. Racism. Yeah. 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 Season three. I thought you were going to say tentacle monsters. Nope. I don't think we got any tentacle monsters in. No, we didn't. And that was Lovecraft. surprising. Okay. I, this tentacle is a... monsters are more cosmic horror in yeah. general. Which is in the random. There is tentacles 
in Lovecraft. I just don't think there was yeah. any in the movies we watched. There weren't. Well, because you had all the Jeffrey Combs movies. Those are so good. And who else? Because it wasn't just Jeffrey Combs. Jeff, nope, not Jeff. Whatever is da- Stuart Gordon. Well, they were all Stuart Gordon films, but yeah. there's, I was asking for the actor. Barbara Crampton. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. So is Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey Combs is fucking awesome. <sighs> Anyways, are you ready to get to notable actors for this film? Yeah, I was I was about to say, can we go back to the show? Go back to the actual movie? All right. Uh, Jennifer Morrison as Amy Mayfield. Uh, they played Dr. Allison Cameron from House. Oh. Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. House. Yeah. She was on 130 episodes from 2004 to 2012. God, that show is long as balls. I don't even think she was on the whole thing. Yeah. No, that show is really long. I just forget how long it is sometimes. Yeah, it's one of those shows where it's like we kind of reached a natural conclusion and then we're like, let's keep going. Let's keep doing it. I guess. Matthew Davis as Travis Stark. He played Warner in Legally Blonde. Haven't seen it. You haven't seen Legally Blonde? No, I know. You looked at me like you should have seen. I know. I should have seen Legally Blonde. I just haven't. Yeah, I know you've heard songs from the musical. I have. I just never, but you haven't never, seen the movie. never seen it. Yeah, I'm just surprised. Not necessarily because I was like, "Oh, that's a movie Bob would love," but more so because it's just super famous. Yeah, and you were a theater kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, tons of people I work with love Legally Blonde. So I know, yeah, bunch of people you work with probably love it. Anyways, next one: Hart Bachner as Professor Solomon, played Ellis in Die Hard. Joey Lawrence as Graham Manning. He was the voice of Oliver. In Oliver and Company, the one with the dog. Don't know what that is. Oh, it's an animated movie. Okay. Eva Mendez as Vanessa. I know this person. Dalian. She played Sarah in Hitch. I don't know that movie, but I know the name. You don't know Hitch? No, I don't know what that is. It's the one with, um, oh my God, I forgot his name. He's in Men in Black. Will Smith. He slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Will Smith. Yeah. Yeah. He's a superhero. Oh. Do you know what movie I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Never seen it. Yeah. It's basically, at the start of the movie, he's, like, very depressed and drunk. <laughs> but he's also Superman. That's kind of awesome. Jessica Caulfield as Sandra Petruzzi. Uh, she played Margot in Legally Blonde. Oh, my God. Wow, Pop hasn't seen that movie. No? <laughs> Anson Mount as Toby Belcher. <laughs> he played Captain Christopher Pike from Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Ah, I didn't uh, he's see He's been that. on 20 episodes from 2022 to 2023. Haven't uh, seen it. So far. Anthony Anderson as Stan Washington. He played uh, Lewis Booker and Kangaroo Jack, the live action film. I'm trying to think of who that is in that movie. I've seen that movie. I don't remember which character that is. Michael Bacall as Dirk Reynolds. Dirk Reynolds? What yep. a fucking name. He played private first class Michael Zimmerman in Inglorious Bastards. I haven't seen that. I know it's good. That I've heard good. it's really good. I haven't seen it. They scalped some Nazis. Yeah. Marco Hofschneider as Simon Jabusco. What are these names? I don't know. Sometimes these names are hard to pronounce, Bob. He played Ling in The Island of Dr. Moreau. I don't know what that is. Oh, The Island of Dr. Moreau? Nope. It's like an old um, science fiction horror kind of book. Hmm. Okay. General premise, there's an island. Okay. Dr. Moreau lives on that island, and he does horrific experiments. Oh, all right. He makes like... Crazy ass monsters. I think it's like animal human hybrids. Ooh. That's the book. Gross. Jacinda Barrett as Lisa, played Maggie James and Poseidon. Chaz Lothar as Dean Patterson. He played an MIT professor in Goodwill Hunting. Chuck Campbell as Geek in Plain. You know this guy. I know that name. Yes, you do. We just saw him. He was in the last movie. No. Oh. Close. 
we actually last saw him, not on the board. It was on a separate episode. Jason X. Fondling some robots. Jason X. It's Sunaran and Jason X. I fucking thought so. I was like, that name is so familiar. He's the, the super geeky guy. Yeah. He why, was fondling a robot. Why, that's why I mentioned him here. Okay. Uh, and then Yanni Gelman as Rob. He played Stony in Jason X. I don't remember who that is. One of the the not important ones. In okay, Jason I X. thought so. I was like, that is. I don't remember who that is. Director is John Ottman. Different director. So different director. Interesting. Is, yeah, interesting. The writers are also different. So there's that. But not bad writers. Okay. There's a couple of them. Paul Harris Boardman and. Scott Derrickson. So they tend to work together on stuff. Okay. We've actually seen a film they worked together on, uh, which was The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Oh, cool. Yeah, okay. Both of them worked together on that. Whoa, 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 whoa. Those guys are really good writers. Because that movie's really good. Well, they had five years after this film to, to write that one. Oh, you're right. I hadn't considered the time difference. <laughs> um, like, that, that movie is, if you haven't listened to the episode, that movie's really well written. Yeah, so they both worked on that together. You know, Scott Derrickson has done some stuff by himself. The other thing you probably know for writing is Sinister. Oh, don't want to watch that. Yeah. Do not want to watch that. The budget is estimated at $14 million. Okay. Which, uh, if we compare it to the last one, also $14 million. I thought so. I was like, they're it's about pretty the same. close, yeah. Box office of $38.5 million. Oh, it made way less money. Yeah, but Like, it's about still half like, the amount. Made money. I mean, it made double its budget. It made more money, but it made... It made more than double. 14, 30... About 40 million. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like... Oh, yeah, it definitely made a lot less. The other one made 72.5. Yeah, that's the thing. At the same budget, making half the amount of money. It is a sequel, so some people are going to like have iffy opinions on that. You but know. I can definitely get how the studio is like, wow, this is disappointing. Yeah, no, totally. Which is what they did, because... I don't know if I mentioned this so far. I don't remember, but I'm going to mention it here. I think I told you that... I Know What You Did Last Summer is a three-movie series. Mm -hmm. The first two movies went into theaters, and then the third movie is direct-to-video. Yeah. And basically completely unrelated. Mm -hmm. Guess what series does a similar thing? This one. This one. Hell yeah. First two movies uh, were in theaters, and then the third one was direct-to-video. Basically completely unrelated. That's awesome. <laughs> Love that for us. It basically isn't about urban legends, too. That's crazy. It features some, but it's basically not about them. Anyways, country of origin, United States. Tagline, legends never die. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. I really only have one thing to discuss with you before we get into the movie, and that's like location. Okay. The exterior locations featured in this film are the Trent University in uh, Peterborough, Ontario. Oh, Canada again. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Just the exterior, so all the interior stuff is, like, somewhere else? It's probably a soundstage. Okay. Assumedly still Canada, though, right? Probably. I don't have that on me, but I'd assume it's still Canada. More than likely. That'd be my guess. All right, well, that's all I got until we, you know, close out. All right, we'll uh, see you guys in a minute. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. We just finished watching uh, Urban Legends. Final Urban cut. Legends. Yeah. The Final Cut. No, it's not the Final Cut. No, it's Urban Legends Final Cut. There's no the. There's no the. Fuck my life. Yeah, fuck your life. Especially you, Piper. Well, hey. She's been a menace today. 
Eh, leave her alone. She's a dog. She has. She's a dog. Yeah, a bad dog. Eh, she has <laughs> her days. Not today. <laughs> all no. right. Um, all jokes aside, we finished Final Cut. Bob, what do you think? So, I'm going to be honest. And we said this during the like movie stuff. but Better title name, by the way, right? Like, than you thought. Much better title name than I thought. TBH. It all worked out in the end. But I once again, I'm coming in mixed bag, but for different reasons than the first one. That's fair. I, I think I'm kind of in the same boat. But I will say, I like this one better. I do too. Pretty just straight off the bat, I think there's some problems. But I think it's a better movie. Yeah, overall, I think it's a better film. But it has issues that are separate issues that the first one did not have. That if this one had... Basically, if this one had taken the first one and taken more of what the first one did and thrown it into this film, it would solve some of the issues I have with this film. I, I really think what Bob's trying to get at is this works better as a standalone film than it does a urban legends film. Yes, absolutely. That's just, that's my problem. There's not enough of the uh, original film's DNA in this one mm-hmm. for it to feel like a proper continuation of the franchise. Yeah. However, it is a, a pretty decent slasher film. Not great, but no, it's what you want from a meta slasher. Yeah. No, it's fun. Like it, it has all the urban legend stuff, like references from the first one, without them being egregious and over the top. But that's kind of what I wanted from a sequel. Yeah. And we'll we'll discuss that more in a second. Do you mind if I do the rough summary? Sure. Before we get super into it, just so we can avoid spoilers. Uh Uh-huh. All right. You know, you guys know the deal at this point. Spoilers going forward. But we'll give you a rough plot, and then we'll get into it. But basically, this film's called Final Cut because it's set at film school. And before, like, this is kind of a big spoiler for, I think, one of the coolest parts of this movie. So last chance to go watch the film. But this film opens with a very interesting cold open. Yeah. It's set on a plane. I assume these people are going on, like, spring break or something. Uh, it's very obviously a, a plane flight pre-9-11 mm-hmm. because everyone's doing crazy shit and out of their seat. And there's, like, a murderer on this plane. And the plane starts going down. And it's, it's all really cool. Sunaran's there from Jason X. <laughs> he references uh, that very famous Twilight episode. Yeah. With, um... What's his name? I don't know his name. It's, uh, no, not Sunaran. The famous Twilight episode. It's got a. Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, I don't know the name of the guy. Isn't it the guy who plays, um, I don't know. Kirk, right? Oh, um. Is that him? William Shatner. I want to say that's him in that episode. I don't know. I have. Yeah, it is him in that episode. Okay. I was about to say, I haven't seen it in a very long time. Yeah, I love William Shatner. I always forget his name, though. I just go, Captain Kirk. What's his name? Yeah, I and mean, usually that's... people will get it, but yeah, that's fair. Uh, yeah, he references uh, that very famous one, Nightmare at uh, Twenty Thousand Feet, is the name of the episode. If anyone's curious, um, the one with like, I don't know if they call it a gremlin on the the wing of the plane, but that's what it's supposed to be. I have no idea. Anyways, we get to the end of this whole like killer on a plane sequence with this woman screaming, and as she's screaming, like, well, at the pilot seat because the pilot was murdered. We see a guy appear at the window because this whole, like, cold open was a a movie being shot by this other dude. Yeah. Who was at this film school. And I, I think this is a really cool way to introduce the fact that, hey, this is set at a film school. Or at the, at the very least, on, like, locations where films are being uh, shot. Which, of course, now makes the, the whole final cut thing 
makes sense. The movie it, reference. It works a lot better. But, you know, the the rough premise of this is that our main character. Amy. Amy. Thank you, Bob. It's her assumedly last semester of film school. And she hasn't submitted her screenplay yet for her thesis film, which if anyone's not familiar with film school, uh, the whole idea of it, as far as my understanding goes, is you have to make a thesis film to graduate. Mm -hmm. And they like grade into everything. But like before, apparently they can work on it at this school. You have to get it like graded, evaluated, and they have to give it like the A-OK for you to work on it. And, you know, she doesn't know what to work on. And she eventually gets the idea to do it uh, based on the urban legend killings from the first movie. Yep. Which are an actual urban legend going around in this universe nowadays. I, I do want to point out, though, that, like, she only references the first movie once, Amy, in, like, passing. She's like, oh, those killings that happened at Pendleton. Yeah. I think it's very interesting that, A, even though it's an urban legend in this universe and there was, like, a, a allegedly a whole cover-up about it, Amy somehow knew what actual college it happened at. So I think that's – there are other hints that this takes place near there. Okay, that's fair. So it would make more sense for that for it to still be an urban legend, but to actually have – her have actual knowledge of the real school that it occurred at. That's completely fair. It just feels like kind of weird because kind of the point they make at the end of the last film is that the urban legend of mm -hmm. the Pendleton murders would have been warped, and one of the first things to change is, like, oh, what school it was? Sure. But if they were near there, it would make sense to go, oh, it was the school next to us. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she, she gets this idea to base them on the Pendleton murders, which I, I said this to Bob during the movie. I don't think she ever realized that those were real. No, I don't I think, think she does she either. I think she thinks they're an actual urban legend mm -hmm. about some urban legend killings, but she decides to make her movie script about that and um, not specifically based on any of the killings in the original movie, like their own unique urban legends for her film. And that's where a lot of the references come from in this movie mm -hmm. is from this film. But while she's shooting the movie slowly, people start to die around her. Yep. And once again, the film is kind of like a exploration of who is killing people. Yeah. Although the, in this one, there's an extra element of, okay, when are the characters going to realize? Yeah, that's true. Because a couple of the, like, murders near the beginning are sort of just thrown aside as people just leaving, like going somewhere else, just yeah. packing up. Basically, one of the first ones, everyone assumes this person went to L.A. because that's where they were supposed to go. Yeah, to, like, book a big role somewhere. That one's particularly egregious. And I have problems with that kill in the same way that Bob had problems with a certain kill in the last movie. Yeah, no, well, totally fair. We'll get to that. But, yeah, that, that's the rough description right there. Like I said, there's not a lot of ties to the original movie. No. This is basically a standalone, except yeah. for one element and there's also that reference. one thing that ties it. Uh, and that's a that's a legacy character. There's only one, but we'll talk about Which that. Which is interesting because I thought there would have been more. You would, but that's more expensive. Fair enough. And also, they definitely grabbed the best legacy character they have in this movie. I mean, sure. Hands down. Because uh, we, we talked about this on the last episode where, like, the big problem with that movie was uninteresting characters. Mm -hmm. and they grabbed an interesting character. So that's good. Uh, and they, they gave that person a lot of screen time. Which is great. Which is better than the last film. So, yeah, it's basically a standalone film. I, I might honestly recommend, unless you're in love with the idea of, like, urban legends and seeing urban legend killings, then maybe watch this one first if you haven't seen either. Because, mm -hmm. again, I do think it's better. It does have some issues. 
But on that note, before we get into the actual thing, I think the only thing left to mention is what the killer looks like. I think we can mention <laughs> that here. Yeah. Just because it's on the, the cover poster. Mm-hmm. I don't think the the appearance of the, the first killer is on that cover poster, but I'm going to spoil that anyways. No, it's not. First movie, it's basically a black parka with, like, gray fur. Yeah. And allegedly they're wearing a ski mask under that. But because that doesn't look as good for most of the film, it's just shadow covering their face. I think it's a pretty cool outfit. I, I was talking to Bob about it during the movie because we were discussing, like, which costume we like better in this one or that one. I kind of like that one because, to me, it reminds me of The Thing, which is basically one of my favorite horror movies ever. Yeah. The 19... I think it's 1982. But very specifically, have you ever seen the cover poster for The Thing? Mm-hmm. Where it's like the the blacked out. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. I know what you're talking about. And um, I get why you like it. But also, I just like parkas is kind of like, I don't know, a menacing thing like that because they're very good at obscuring all your features. Plus, for whatever reason, even though it was like early fall, late summer, everyone owned that jacket and was wearing it, which was very funny. Yeah. Uh, and in this movie, I, I bring that up because... The outfit is a lot more memorable. Yeah. It's, like, unique. Mm-hmm. I do feel like it's less iconic, though, because it's I don't know. kind of, like, off the rack, I guess, is the way I'd put it. Like, mm. it feels very, like, I bought this at the store, this thing I just had in my closet. I mean, obviously, that jacket was literally something everyone had in their closet, but it was it had a very unique style to it, and it was a very custom-made jacket, I think, for that movie. Um, but this one, it's like a leather coat, like garb outfit, mm-hmm. very specifically black leather, the whole thing, and then a fencing mask. Yeah. To be honest, I don't like everything, but the fencing mask is a pretty cool idea. Yeah. See, that's my thing is I like this outfit a lot more because of the fencing mask specifically, because a big problem I have with the whole park outfit is that it actually, the way they make it cover people's faces in the first one is ridiculous. That's fair. Like, there are so many moments where you should totally be able to see the killer's face. I mean, they do show us one scene why that's explained away. But, yeah, a lot of that's a shadow trick in post. And you do have to forgive that. You're right in this film where, like, this costume does a better job of, like, naturally covering the face. Which I think makes the killer costume a lot more believable. I just, I think the idea that's in my head and I'm trying to get at is that while I prefer, like, I think the mask, like face hiding of the fencing mask i prefer the whole outfit of the parka better so a peak costume idea the parka and then they're just wearing a fencing mask underneath totally would work too but just probably just the face mask part because the whole thing kind of adds too much head height i think Mm -hmm. but just the face mask that's the coolest part yeah the rest of it's kind of goofy looking but that face mask is really cool like the mesh Mm -hmm. because it it just provides a better way to hide the face without having to use dumb angles and, like, bad lighting and shit. Well, it was basically, what, CGI in the first movie to make it look... Yeah, dark. you had to darken it, because if not, you could just see the person's face. And this one looks more natural, and it gives that same menacing facelessness, mm-hmm. but the outfit looks kind of stupid, Yeah, I think. Outfit isn't amazing. Parka, I think, was better. And also, there was the joke of everyone has this parka. Mm-hmm. And if everyone just had a fencing outfit, that would be, like ridiculous this one was bad because like you literally know if you find one person with a fencing mask or that very specific custom order outfit yeah 
that's your killer. And I, I think it's implied that, you know, this is a film school. They have costumes there. Mm-hmm. I think it's implied that probably all this stuff is a costume. Oh, that, that would the make killer sense. Nabbed. I hadn't considered it, but, but yeah. they're definitely just keeping it at their place. Mm-hmm. So, they have to. So if you find them and they've stolen this thing, it's kind of like, well, got them, got them. <laughs> this is a very specific outfit. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. All right. Um. That aside, we're gonna actually discuss the film now. So you know, spoilers going forward. We highly recommend you go watch the film as usual. Um. But I guess we're gonna talk about it. Uh. Is there anything you want to talk about before? I, I kind of get into some points or I, I can start with the urban legend thing and we can just go through that. But it's more spoilery. We we can hold off on the urban legend thing for now. I think I want to save that tool in a minute. What I do want to start with is we mentioned this. The first film has a lot of problems with characters not being characterized well or being uninteresting and not being fun to watch. This film solves that problem. Yes. Mostly. And it's, they do it in a very easy way. Yep. Every character is actually doing something outside the main plot. Mm-hmm. Basically, everyone has a life that we actually get to know about and see, and that makes them feel like real characters. I yep. think the, the biggest issue in the first movie, and it, it was especially an issue with the main character in particular, which, what was her name? Uh, it starts with an N. So Natalie. Was the, it was the Natalie? I think so. We're going to call her Natalie. I could check if you wanted. We might be wrong. Is it worth it? I'm going to check. Probably not. I'm going to check. Because it's, it's literally right here. It's not Jared Leto. <laughs> Alicia Witt is Natalie Simon. All right, or Simon. Anyways, Natalie, the person in the first movie, you can tell it's really bad that we don't remember her name, even though we just watched that movie, is just generic college girl. Mm-hmm. And we don't, I think, see her do anything. Not even, like, college schoolwork no we just see her do plot related stuff and so she's nothing as Mm -hmm. a character however in this film from the get-go we learn about our character amy's struggle like with her thesis film like in fact the first half of the movie is her trying to figure out what she wants to do yeah and then 90 percent of the movie besides like her dealing with the fact that oh there's some killings happening around me is i'm trying to get my film done Mm mm-hmm and so Right away, that makes her more empathetic and interesting than Natalie in the first movie. And then to add on to that, all the other background characters and side characters have something going on. Yeah. There is, I think, one character in this movie that I think fell flat for me. Me too. And that was Traver. <laughs> well, okay. Or Travis. Well, I was just going to call him. Well, which one? <laughs> you don't know. I don't remember which one's which. It's, it's Travis first and then Trevor. Travis. Okay. So I, I think they both had the issue. Yeah, they both had the same problem. And it, I, I, I hate to do this. I think it might have been the acting in a lot of the scenes. No, it is. Was flat. Some I 100% scenes, it, agree. Some scenes, the acting wasn't flat, and they were kind of convincing. Yeah. Especially the first time Trevor's introduced, like with actual dialogue and stuff, they, mm-hmm. they were giving a, a very not flat performance. I was joking. They were doing a lot of eyebrow stuff. But yeah, uh, one of the things I didn't talk about at the beginning because I wanted to let it be a surprise for Bob is there's one actor in this movie, Matthew Davis, who plays Travis Stark and his secret twin brother, Trevor Stark. Preposterous. And from now on, we're just going to, unless we're referring to a very specific one, it's going to be either Traver or Travis. Jesus Christ. Okay. 
But this guy plays both characters and very monotone, I think. Mm-hmm. And it, the issue almost isn't like the way he talks, but more so like his facial expressions and stuff. Yeah. But Travis is in the film for a little bit. Uh, and so like there's really not enough time to get characterization for him except for the plot relevant stuff of he's just really, really good at directing, mm-hmm. which is fine. But I do want to say it doesn't feel earned. No, it doesn't. Basically, every character tells us this. Mm-hmm. We're never shown it. But we're never shown. Or we never get, like, natural context clues. Mm-hmm. The most natural context clues we get is one character goes, Travis Scott. It's not Travis Scott. It's Travis Stark. The genius director. Yeah. And then the brother is just there. Mm-hmm. And he really doesn't have anything going on for them. No. So, I do want to say, like, Traver is kind of a weak point in this film. Um, yeah. Both both versions of the character. But otherwise, I think all the characters were great. Yeah, otherwise, all the different characters are interesting and have something going on and are kind of, like, important, and you actually kind of care when they die. Yeah, and I, I, I got to put this out here. I'm not sure, like, how much we should award the film for that because that's, like, a very basic thing. But when it sucked <laughs> so bad in the first one, yeah we're looking up with that being said i think my favorite character the one who made the biggest impact for me is reese yeah i don't know if we were talking about that she's our legacy character guys we're we're kind of in the the minor spoiler section it's not that big of a deal but uh reese is in it and i think her inclusion is really smart it's great both because she's the most interesting character from the first movie and this is a, a nice way to tie the two together She's super fun. They give her more scenes, so we get to learn more about her. Uh, But also, they have, like, a really good in-universe reason for why she's in this movie. Yeah. I mean, we saw it, and I was like, wow, that's that's a really nice, natural inclusion. It's not just like, oh, she's here on the separate college campus. It's the murders happened, and Pendleton tried to cover them up to, like, drown them. And I I assumedly media. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she was the chief of campus security there and she didn't want to like cover it up cover up the murders and so they fired her and she spent like a year in limbo looking for a job and she eventually got this entry-level job at this film school Mm -hmm. which i think is really cool both because it's a super natural way to get her into this movie oh yeah it makes sense totally but also it adds some nice characterization because that sucks for her that sucks so much that's such a downgrade in position oh yeah especially because she's like an older woman she's not old but like probably in like her 30s but she is not like entry level age no she's also probably been doing that for a while yeah it just sucks also she has like a gilded gun it's <laughs> yeah great. it's pretty it's good it's another reference to uh her favorite movie with uh coffee i don't know what the name of that movie is it might be coffee i think it is just called coffee i've seen that movie I don't, I don't know. No, I didn't. This I assumed that movie was fake. They made it up no, for that's this a real one. one. It's um part of the I guess it's assumedly part of the black exploitation genre. I don't know. Along with like Black Dynamite and stuff, the actress in it is super famous for that genre. I don't know when I saw that. I think I saw it. Anyways, we're getting sidetracked. But yeah, all the characters are fun. Reese is probably my favorite because she's this nice balance between a legacy character and comic relief, but also just well written. I think in universe, mm-hmm. uh, but I think like my second two favorite characters are the comic relief for this movie, which are, do you remember their names? Dirk. And well, Dirk. Stan. 
There's Stan. Dirk and Stan, who are our two comic relief characters, and they are the props guys. Yeah, they're like the special effects makeup props guys. They do a good job, by the way. They do a good job. But there's a lot of really cool stuff. They're a lot of fun. They add a little highlight to a lot of the parts, I think. Yeah, for sure. And while we're talking about, like, them adding stuff to the film, the fact that this movie is set at a film school adds so much, like, depth and layers to the bullshit they can pull off. Oh, yeah. Because there's so many moments where, like, oh, that's just a prop because they're at a film school. Or they're on a set for a film school. Or you see so much cool environment stuff because it's a set for someone else's movie that's been built. I think it it really lets the film get away with having cool things in the film in a believable way. Yep. Because you can jump locations in ways that would mm-hmm. not make sense normally. There is an amazing scene in a graveyard with some awesome lines. And so that's really cool. It's also like super meta. This yeah. is not the only film I've seen do something like this, like shooting a movie on like a film set or something mm-hmm. like that. I mean, yeah, um, I've seen it done before, but I think they did a really good job of making it feel natural and using it to its fullest potential with all of the different things they tried to do. Yeah, not my favorite version of it, but it does do a good job. Anything else you want to talk about? Mm. It's a lot gorier. That's something we need to talk about. Uh, we'll talk about like specifics later Yeah, in the, the actual urban legend parts because they do try to stick with urban legend kills. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the point. Barely. Well, it was the point in the first one, and it feels like they to ch- keep the name, they had to throw it in. Yeah, but it, it they are obscure enough urban legends that I could kind of only recognize them because I read about them when I was doing my notes. Yeah. And even then, they're not as like explicitly done as in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are a lot gorier. Like, we actually get to see stuff. Yeah, we see some actual like blood and guts and gore in this film. Not for the whole movie. There's a couple kills that are very specifically gory. Yeah. But Bob, it, it got you. There's a very specific thing that Sequence. happens, and I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I think that's the goriest the film gets, and we'll talk about that one in the spoiler section so you know which one we're talking about. But uh, besides from that one, I think it's mostly similar to the last film in mm-hmm. gore level. Yeah. But it is nice to see at least one sequence where there's Oh, for gore. sure, for sure. It makes the film feel like it deserves that R rating. Mm-hmm. Because to be honest, well, you can have a, a goreless slasher film. And hell, you can even have a bloodless slasher film. Not like the greatest slasher film ever, but I know what you did last summer is mostly bloodless. Mm-hmm. And it works. Um, but you have to have like high tension and everything. And like this film doesn't have that. Yeah. So it's nice to get all that like gore and stuff, at least a little bit. All right. Well, I, I don't think we have anything else to talk about here. I do want to talk about like all the urban legends in this film, and then I'm going to talk about the ending, but we are going to do that in the spoiler section. Hell yeah. So um, you can stay tuned for that. Hello, everybody. This is Future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want any major spoilers for this film, please skip to 1 hour, 18 minutes, and 6 seconds immediately. Once again, that's 1 hour, 18 minutes, and 6 seconds immediately for no major spoilers for this film. All right. So let's start with talking about the urban legends, if you're okay with that. And then sure. we can move on to the ending. Okay. Because, look, ugh. and all that. Yeah. We'll, there's we'll get some, to it. Um, some issues. But I actually missed a movie point, but I'll tell you it now if you want. Oh, okay. With the plane sequence at the beginning. Oh, what about it? Apparently, it was originally intended to be on a boat, but was switched to a plane because there was a movie known as Pushing Tin, came out in 1999, that had the plane set. <laughs> and it was just easier 
and cheaper to switch it to a plane for that nice. reason. That's actually really funny. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of cool. It's like a little behind the scenes thing too. I mean, yeah. Cause like that's how you make a, a film. You cut corners where you can. Mm-hmm. Cause there's, to be honest, it's not a big deal to set it on a plane. No, plane or boat. boat doesn't matter. Straight up, um, who cares? And so the fact that you can save money on that, spend yeah. it later. On other stuff. It's good. By the way, the sets for this must have been decently cheap. Because the stuff that wasn't like specifically made to look like a college was just film set. Yeah. So probably, like obviously, they probably still had to do a bunch of work. Because it was probably a fake film set on a film set. Mm-hmm. But probably easier to like make and do. Yeah. Than just an actual college like they did in the last movie. I mean, fair enough. So, anyways, let's go through these urban legends that appear in the film. The first one we see, and this is the the one that caused Bob to freak out because it's it's probably the most graphic scene in the movie. I think everything else is probably about similar to the the first film. Yeah. Well, actually, there's two urban legends here. The first one is this girl. I think her name's Lisa. Is assumedly roofied at a bar. Yeah. And. She's kidnapped, and she wakes up in a tub of ice with her kidney missing. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Because that's, like, an urban legend referenced in the first movie. Mm Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's super bloody because, A, we get to see the kidney out of her. Oh, that was probably the worst part. Which is kind of nice. I'm not sure how accurate of a kidney it was. I don't know. I've never seen a kidney. It didn't feel like it was super accurate. Like I said, I don't know. I thought kid Because there's, like, it just looks a little off. Anyways. We see her kidney out of her, but there's this really cool sequence with, A, the guy grabs her and rips her, like... He literally grabs her by the kidney wound. Yeah, he rips her stitches open, but he, like, peels the skin back. It's... <laughs> yeah, it's buh from I, Bob. I can't, man. That's his rating on it. But then she gets her head chopped off by a window. Yeah, that's cool. It's egregious how strong that window is. Yeah. But it's cool to see someone's head get chopped off and to actually see the head. Because mm-hmm. that's not something we've seen in this series. It's not really something we see from this point going forward. No. Although we do get to see some bodies later in the film that look really good. Yeah, those bodies do look good. Uh, in fact, I think consistently the, the dead bodies in this film look pretty decent. Mm-hmm. But this is like basically the most graphic kill we'll have. So yeah, that's the first urban legend. Next one is one of the ones actually shot for the, the movie that Amy's shooting. Oh. Uh, which, by the way, Amy's shooting a film called Urban Legend as her thesis project. Yeah. And I, I just want to point this out right now for Bob, in case he didn't pick up on it. At the very end of the film, there's a time jump, and she's, I think, shooting a different film called Urban Legends. Nice. I, I don't even know. If, I, I don't think it's a sequel. I think it's just like she didn't complete Urban Legend. Yeah. Because most of her crew died. <laughs> most of her crew dies. And so she made a second film. We'll get into that later. But um, anyways, the second Urban Legend is... About students screaming at midnight, but while they're screaming at midnight, someone gets murdered, mm. and their screams cover up the cover sound of the up. murder. Okay, that makes sense. I've never heard that urban legend before. No, me either. But the idea behind it makes sense. Yeah, totally. But while like Amy's recording like a bunch of people screaming for the scream track for her movie, mm-hmm. she catches another guy getting murdered. Simon, his name. Well, he goes it- by Simon. He goes by Simon. He has a ridiculous Russian name. But, uh, well, Eastern European. Not necessarily Russian. Uh, that's fair. But she catches Simon getting murdered underneath the scream she's recording. Well, they stop screaming, and then she hears it. Yeah, which might be an urban legend in of itself, like hearing actual murder screams on a scream track like that. Mm-hmm. 
I do want to say this one's particularly egregious. Yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. It's I'll be honest. It's not the most egregious kill here, but it's pretty bad because Simon is outside of this building, which this building is for filming, so it's supposed to probably be soundproof. Mm-hmm. But he's far away. Yeah, he's a good distance. Like a, I don't know, three, four minute walk outside the building. Yeah. And she somehow picks him up on a boom mic. Kind of stupid. Unintentionally, just like waving around like a madman. Let's see, another one. Uh, one of the characters, Sandra. She's not a good actor. Not the actress who plays Sandra, but like the character Sandra. She's not a good actor. She references a bunch. Um, one of them's about a burrito contaminated with cockroach eggs. Didn't know about that one. That hatch in someone's stomach. Ugh. Or a uh, chicken sandwich with chicken tumor pus Ugh. instead of mayo. One of the characters, Vanessa, warns another Travis about like cell phones causing cancer. Yeah. The first scene in Amy's movie of, you know, Urban Legend <laughs> is one of my favorite Urban Legends. Because it's actually one I heard as like a kid as like story time, like horror stories, which is the one of Humans Lick 2. I don't you know that, that one. Basically, the story goes, this woman's le- left alone at night, and she gets freaked out like while she's in bed. Mm-hmm. And every time she gets freaked out, she'll stick her hand down like off the bed. Yeah. And her dog will lick her hand to make her feel better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, depending on how you tell it, there's a bunch of stuff that happens during the night that freaks her out. But she, she gets reassurance that her dog stares the whole time. And, you know, the next morning she wakes up and she goes into, like, a different room and she finds her dog hanging, mm. like, dead. And on the wall, someone's ridden in its blood. Humans can lick, too. The implication being that, like, the dog was murdered in the night. Oh, and God. And so the thing licking her hand was a, per- oh. was a person That's trying to keep her, like, tricked. That's gross. I, that that one freaks me out actually. Pretty freaky out, right? Yeah. I guess you're not going to be sticking your hand off your bed to pet Piper in the middle of the night. No, she sleeps <laughs> on the bed and she doesn't bother me. But maybe she's not one night. No. Maybe she's off the bed at the foot of the bed. Can't see her. No. <laughs> but that that one's referenced there, and that one's really cool. I just like that one. No, that one's cool. Mm, I think that leads us into our next one, which is while shooting that scene. Or I guess after shooting that scene, Amy and the rest of her cast leave for the night. Mm-hmm. And then one of the cast members gets murdered on set. And the whole cast gets shown the video as like a snuff film. And I think that's an urban legend. Not referencing snuff films in particular, but the idea that sometimes you have a movie and someone will be like, oh, that's where someone really died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Totally. I that, totally can see that. That's an urban legend thing. And like nine times out of ten, it's not true. Mm-hmm. Every once in a while, though, you do, you do unfortunately end up with that being an actual thing. I think we talked about. I watched that shark documentary, mm-hmm. and they talk about that one film on there where that that actually is a thing. Yeah, really fucked up. But with that being said, I think it's kind of a cool sequence because basically they're screening the the test reels they did for their shooting of that like a human can lick two mm-hmm. urban legend kill for their Amy's movie, and they're screening all the takes, and they're all really bad because Sandra is a bad actor. Yeah. And then they eventually Funny get... character trait. Yes, it is. I also think the actor had heterochromia. Yeah, you mentioned that. I, I couldn't see it. It looks like it. it in one scene. It was just a little thing of note. But basically, while they're doing these screenings, one of them switches out, and it's the, the snuff film. And I think that's like a cool little thing for like revealing this kill to the mm-hmm. characters. Yeah. However, I do think it's a, it's, a, it's a scene I really have problems with because none of them freak out. Mm-hmm. The closest anyone gets the freaking out is Amy. But she's not freaking out because she's like, oh, I just watched someone get killed. She's freaking out because she's like, who put this on? Yeah. Is that the vibe you got? 
No, I I think she was freaking out because she thought that something bad happened. Did you? Yeah, because she totally acts like it, and everyone's reassuring her that no, like she must have shot this because she had very specifically. Sandra like booked a thing for ER. Yeah, which they're like, this I is her. Like, Sandra's the one who dies there. Yeah, basically. They're all like, oh, she shot this by herself before, like, leaving to go to L.A. to do a reel for ER. Yeah, Because it mean, makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I think Amy's worried. Yeah. But she is definitely not giving a freaked out enough reaction of someone who just, like, is like, oh, I just saw a snuff film. I mean, sure. Her reaction is not that freaked out. But everyone else is, like, enjoying it and thinking it's a movie. A movie. And really funnily, I, I do think it's a funny joke. Stan... And Dirk, specifically standard, like, there's not enough blood. It's not real. Yeah. Which I think is very funny. It is funny. But I, I do think that's particularly egregious because, like, for that to be fake, Sandra would have had to have cameraman. Someone doing sound. Assumedly someone doing sound. That Technically, the cameraman can do it by himself. Yeah. But very specifically, someone doing gore effects. Mm-hmm. Basically, it would have required a crew. And Amy even asked the crew, like, hey, did you guys help with this? And everyone's like, no. no. And so the fact that no one's like, oh, hey, none of us filmed this scene. Mm -hmm. And they don't freak out about that is kind of frustrating for me. No, I totally understand that. Probably, like, I think the least realistic part of this film. But last one that I want to talk about is there's a part of the scene shot in a carnival for Urban Legends, you know, Amy's movie. And the whole idea is it's a tunnel of terror where it's, it's like a carnival ride with a bunch of fake corpses. But the urban legend is that, like, some of the fake corpses are real. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's an actual original legend. That has happened before whoa um the one i know about that's really famous uh it happened when they were shooting an episode of i believe it was million dollar man like the old tv show okay back when a million dollars was a lot of money <laughs> i always think that's a really funny name for that show because it's like you know the do you know the premise yeah where the guys turned into like a cyborg mm -hmm. with a million dollars only one million dollars <laughs> but there's an episode where they shot something i I think it, it's like a carnival ride, but one of the dummies used in it was like an actual mummified body. That's crazy. Yeah, it's a pretty wild story. Basically, it was a guy who died in like the Old West, and his body was like embalmed and used as like a sideshow attraction. Mm -hmm. It was eventually sold. And it went around to different sideshows, and like it was going around so long that people like to make it look better because it, it was slowly like degrading. Mm -hmm. It was mummified, mostly accidentally, but. It was slowly degrading, so they would like they put lacquer and stuff on it, and eventually it got sold to a wax museum, and then put in storage, and then sold to the carnival. Oh my god! Kind of pretty funny. That's wild. They only figured out what it was because someone, I think one of the people working on set, bumped into it and like broke the arm, and was like, "Wait a second, there's bones in there!" Holy fuck! Really creepy, right? Oh, oh! I don't think it was ever like on screen. Like I don't think it's in the episode, but cool thing, right? Oh. Oh, it's cool, but ugh. Um, but those are the urban legends in there. As you can tell, there's not as many. No. And not as many references to them. No. Which is really disappointing. And I think the thing to note is most of those urban legends, I don't think you recognized them. No. I really only recognized the one off the top of my head. Same. Although I was able to be like, oh, the snuff film and then the, the tunnel of terror. Like, I, I could recognize those in my head but they didn't feel as iconic as like ghost story style urban legends mm -hmm. as the first ones. they weren't as over the top like they weren't as in your face urban legendy yeah and well almost all of them were like the kills were urban legends they kind of felt like more of a reach than the first movie's kills yes i agree that's kind of the thing i'll take away here it's like mm -hmm. there's kills in this movie but they 
and their urban legend kills, almost all of them. I think the only non-urban legend kills happen off screen. They don't really matter. But they just didn't feel as iconic and memorable as the first movie's kills. Fair enough. Which kind of sucks. Yep. Maybe that's because they they went through most of the super iconic ones in the first movie. Yeah, I I mean, they were really stretching thin on this one. I think it's less the fact that the kills were less well-known, but more because they just didn't lean into the urban legend angle as much for Mm -hmm. them. Uh, But that's really the main detractor for why this doesn't feel like an urban legends movie, right? Yeah. Because without that tie together for these kills feeling like urban legends, it just feels like a horror movie that references urban legends as an idea. With that being said, I think we can talk about the ending now, unless you have anything else to note there. No, I think you covered all my points. Always a great way to do this. <laughs> Damn. I just meant, like, keep it covered. No, I... I that. Uh... I, th- I just think it's funny when I talk for a while, and then you're like, no, yep, that's good. <laughs> no, I mean, you covered all the points I had. Nice. So I got it's nothing else. Sync. <laughs> like the band. Like the boy band. <laughs> yep. Bob, go insert, like, a two-second, like, clip. Of InSync? <laughs> no, I'm not getting copyright strike for an InSync joke. Don't don't you dare look at me like that. What if you go sing two seconds of InSync? I'm not singing InSync. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jokes aside, move them over here. The ending of this movie. <laughs> it's not bad. No. Well. But the killer is not like a well-earned reveal. No. It's it's one of those situations of the murder mystery where they just kind of grab someone who's almost too in the background. Yep. They're not, like, hinted at enough to feel like a worthwhile reveal. No. It's kind of like, oh, that guy. They don't do enough hinting, but there are hints. Barely. There are, there are barely hints. Like, it makes more sense watching it again, but even then it doesn't feel earned. No. So there's that issue. But also, the reason they're killing... Isn't preposterous. It's stupid. It's stupid. And that sucks. Yep. Because, again, this is a sequel, so we do have to make comparisons, even if it doesn't feel like it. And the original killer reveal? Great. And the reasoning? Awesome. So great. Um, So much better. So, 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 so cool. And it just blows this one out of the water, and I think that makes it work. It makes it look worse in comparison. Mm -hmm. Additionally, I'm just going to note this now. Uh, One of the coolest things about the first movie is that it's a female killer. Yep. You see female killers sometimes, but almost never in a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. So getting to see in a slasher movie is super unique and super memorable. Super great. This one's just generic dude. Yep, just dude. Just and dude kinda, guy. Kind of sucks. And before we talk about that specifically, I do want to talk about one thing. is that there's a basically every character that isn't Amy is hinted at to be the killer. And it's kind of awesome. Which is kind of awesome because it's all just super stupid and egregious. Like, mm-hmm. every time we see someone's face, they do the weird smirk thing. Like, they know what's going on. Yeah, and it's really funny. Just super kind of hammy. In fact, I think the only character who doesn't do that is the actual person. Mm-hmm. But that's only because they're not in the movie enough to yep. do it. With that being said, one of the most egregious people of this is Traver. Jesus Christ. And to get into this, Travis gets graded a C on his thesis film. You know, genius director Travis. Mm-hmm. And so he ends up killing himself Yep, by shooting himself in the head in the clock tower of the school. Which I, I do want to mention, the faculty then gathers most of the school oh my God. Uh, in, an un- in an unprompted assembly. Like, there's no, like, call to gather in the center of the campus. And then starts berating Travis for killing himself. Yeah. Which is really messed up. Oh, well, that... Never I just thought about something. I, I know. But it's still really messed up. They're like, it's fucked up. 
He failed himself and he failed, failed us. us. It's just like, Jesus Christ. And it, it's really messed up because this is how the faculty is telling everyone mm-hmm. that this person died. And it feels like a small campus. So, like, assumedly everyone knows him and likes him if he's, like, a film genius. And he, he seems... He seems likable. Likable enough. He's not, like, super douchey about it. No, he's... From what I can tell and the way people talk about him, he was liked. Yeah. So, really messed up. But, anyways, Travis kills himself. And then after we learn that Travis has killed himself, we see this guy skulking around uh, literally immediately after. Mm -hmm. And it's revealed very quickly that it's this guy who looks exactly like Travis named Trevor. Super creative name. And he looks exactly like Trevor. And Trevor's like, yeah, Travis was my brother. I'm his secret twin that none of you have heard about. It's like the most suspicious thing ever. It's ridiculous. And they also act similar because Mm -hmm. they both don't act a lot. And so he seems super suspecty because he's like, yeah, the whole he meets Amy and Amy's the only one who knows Trevor's there. Yeah. For a while, I kept saying, I think Amy's freaking out and Trevor Trevor isn't real. That's fair because that's almost kind of how it's shot at times. Because nobody else sees the man. Because the whole time Amy and Trevor reacting, and he disappears when anything like the killer's about. Which is hilarious. It's to make him super suspicious. But also he's like, don't tell anyone I'm here. We can't go to the police. They can't find out that I'm here. And so it just feels like it's obviously Travis obviously. having set up his death. And Trevor isn't real. Like, he made up the name on the spot. <laughs> I've been had. Trevor. <laughs> but one of the reveals at the end of the movie is, no, Trevor's a real person. No, he's real. He's just kind of odd. <laughs> yeah. And also, both Travis, Travis, both uh, Travis and Trevor had a thing for Amy. Yep. And Amy, I feel like, had a thing for both of them. Which is kind of concerning because they're identical twins. Well, it just feels weird that like Travis no, it's weird. died, and then she immediately starts to kind of like Trevor. I mean, look, they look the same. Who might be Travis? <laughs> it really does. Like, it feels like the script is written that it's supposed to be Travis, and yeah. then they just went nah. But the ending is the killer. It isn't anyone you'd expect. It's one of the teachers. Professor Solomon. Which, at the point he's revealed in the movie, I don't think we've seen him for like an hour. No, we we see him at the beginning of the film giving a speech. I think before, the last time we see him is he's the guy giving the shitty speech about Travis's death. Yep. Now, admittedly, we learn eventually he's the one who killed Travis. Yeah. But um, that's the last time we saw him, and that was like an hour Yep. before the ending. But he had a really, really... Really stupid reason for killing everyone. Dumb fucking motivation. Basically, he went to this college when he was a kid, and at the end of every year, which is a lot, I'm just saying, for like a big award that they do, they have this big award called the Hitchcock Award, and it goes to the person with the best thesis film. And to be honest, the award doesn't seem like that big of a deal. No, it doesn't. What matters is that I think people looking for like upcoming directors just check who won the the hitchcock award Mm -hmm. and will usually like offer them a movie deal and so how all the film students think i don't know how true this is like if i win the hitchcock award i will make it in hollywood yeah basically they're like it's a guaranteed ticket to being rich which is not true probably not maybe it's a guaranteed ticket to like actually getting work in hollywood Mm -hmm. but that does not mean you'll be successful but you know long story short which by the way i want to say i I think that only works because this film school is the most pretentious, preppy like place ever. Oh my god! Like it's yeah, a super it fancy one. They use film mm-hmm. instead of digital, which is for a specific reason. But long story short, Professor Solomon, because that's his name, 
I remember. That's not notable at all. Totally normal last name. When he was a student at this school, because he was also a student there, he was basically tied for winning the Hitchcock Award with another student. And we get his name, but I don't really remember what it was. Uh, Chip Volka or some shit. Chip Volka? Is that what it was? Pretty sure. Because he mentions him at the start of, uh, at the start. Yeah, yeah, he mentions him being like, this is one of our greatest graduates, Chip Volka. I don't know. Then Does, he's mad that he won. That person doesn't matter. Person doesn't matter. Basically, we never see them. Professor Solomon, his film was tied with that guy's film, and like all the professors are like kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. And this guest judge who was visiting, I guess, for the film festival, I don't think he was even a judge. I think he was just a visiting director and was famous. They basically ask him to be the tiebreaker, which, by the way, poorly designed council that has an even amount of people. That's kind of a, a flaw, right? Because I can't imagine this has ever happened before. <laughs> but the guy breaks the tie, and he doesn't vote for Solomon's film. No, and he's pissed. Uh, and Solomon's really pissed. And he's especially pissed because we learn eventually later, the guy who does this is A, not like a fiction movie director. No. He's a documentary director. Mm-hmm. And um, Solomon, I think, looks down on documentaries because they're documentaries and not like, you know, movies like he learned how to direct. Still movies, but you get the point. But also, it's Amy's dad. Yep. Which we've heard mentioned a couple times. Very naturally, I will say, throughout mm-hmm. the movie. And so, I guess when Amy eventually came to go to school here and Solomon realized Amy was going to school here, was like, I want to get my revenge on her dad through her. Because assumedly, I think the dad's dead. Oh, probably. But that's his reasoning for, like, fucking with Amy the whole movie and, like... Killing her entire crew. That's not why he kills her entire crew. Very specifically for, like... Making sure she's the only one who's aware of the killings. Oh. And, like, well, yeah. hunting her down but not killing her. Which is kind of a nice explanation for why he doesn't succeed. Because he totally probably should have killed her. Oh, absolutely. The incompetence of this woman. Because he wants to get revenge on her. But he very specifically wants to set her up as, like, the person who actually carried out these killings. Yeah. He does a decent job of it until the end. But, no, his actual plan is, turns out, Travis, you remember him was actually a genius film director, as previously stated. And he made this film for his thesis film for the Hitchcock Award. Yeah. That was so great that uh, Solomon has come up with this plan to steal that film from Travis, Mm -hmm. which he's done by killing Travis, taking his thesis film, and just splicing the credits off of it. And putting his credits on it. And putting new credits on it. And then he took Travis's film. He took just a random film. No, he took... Assumedly his own film. It is his own film because they insult it later and it's really funny. They say it was out of focus. Yeah, they're like, it's out of focus and blurry, you dumb fuck. But he takes his own film and and straps uh, Travis's credits on it and uh, gives it a C, which I think is very funny. Mm -hmm. Because he technically gave his own film a C then. But his whole plan, right, is to use this film that Travis made because it's so great to get recognized and get a three-movie deal in Hollywood. Yep. I have two problems with this. Well, first of all, I, I didn't mention, he then goes on to kill everyone who worked on the film. So no one will ever have a clue. Which makes sense. Basically, a bunch of people worked on the film and go, oh, this, no, this is Travis's film. Yep. So if they all die. No one knows. No one knows. And it kind of helps that at this college, you have to work on a bunch of films. It's like graduate. Mm-hmm. So like... Basically, everyone who worked on Amy's film, who's died the whole movie, also apparently worked on Travis's film. Yeah, because at one point she goes and goes, hey, do you know anyone who can help me out with my film? And he's like, I know people. To Travis. Yeah. Which I think is a good way to tip us off early on. Mm -hmm. 
because that's the only one where we specifically know this person worked on that. But yeah, getting into it, Solomon's plan is really stupid. It's dumb. For like a couple reasons. But the big ones that stand out to me is, A, it kind of feels like Solomon's plan is to enter this film in the Hitchcock Awards to get famous. Mm. Right? I'm not sure if specifically because... I mean, it wouldn't work because he's not a student. It wouldn't work because he's a student, right? He's not a student. Yeah, he's so a professor. So it wouldn't make sense to enter a film in the Hitchcock Awards, so he can't win it that way. So apparently this film is good enough that he could just send it to someone in Hollywood well, and, and get a three-movie My deal? thing is he's like a, a renowned professor at a prestigious film school now, so he could probably he's probably got clout somewhere and can just be like, hey, I made this really sick movie that I don't have the actual skills to make. Well, no, it's more the issue of like, look, Travis might be a, a genius director, but he's still a film student. Yeah. And so this film is not going to be like professional quality, even if he's like this genius. He's it the might next be decent, Steven Spielberg. But it's going to be still, it's going to be like amateurish. Yeah. He's, at max, he probably has what? At absolute maximum. Four years. Well, I was going to say he's what, 22? Yeah. So he could maybe have like 12 years, but like. No, there's no way. Well, a lot of really famous film directors start like. Well, kids. I was going to say, like, I was going to say... But he only has four years of actual That's what I meant. Experience. Four years of actual experience being in film school doing shit like that. And so, you know, while well, this f- film Travis made for his thesis project to win the Hitchcock Awards is really, really great, and it probably would have won him the Hitchcock Award and got him a three-movie deal, for this adult film professor to bring this film in and go, look what I made. Give me a film deal. Because he would have just had to approach... A studio. A studio with this film. I feel like probably would have gotten him laughed at. Probably. Like, I don't think it would have gone as well as he thought it would. Oh, probably not. Maybe maybe it would have impressed people, but it still would have, I don't think, gone as well as he thought. With that being said, that's not my real issue. My real issue is that he would have gotten a movie deal and then gone to direct something and not had the same directing style or skills as Travis. And it would have immediately been like, okay, not only is this film not as good, it's all out of focus, but like... Your style of directing is stylistically different, which is something that, like, film critics can tell. Yeah. Like, you can tell when a film is made by this director versus this director. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure his first movie he made with whatever magical deal he won with his stolen film, someone would have gone, hey, dude, you did not make that other film. <laughs> These are not made by the same person. And then other people would have gone, yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's a little weird, isn't it? And it would have maybe come out that, oh, huh, there was this weird string of deaths. String of 10 plus deaths? That happened? While you were the professor here? Hmm. And then suddenly you got a movie deal? And one of them was this genius film student? Yeah. Whose last film? Oh, wait a second. That's your film that was entered in this competition years ago. Yeah. You got a C minus. <laughs> So I think that's a stupid part of this plan, and I just wanted to point that out. Um, it's a dumb plan. No, it's a dumb plan. It's a dumb, dumb I plan. I thought it was a dumb plan, and then I didn't really think about the implication of how dumb the plan was. Yeah. Stupid plan. Um, also, at the end of the day, you know, they, they arrest him and everything. Well, I, he gets shot, <laughs> he does but get then he shot. gets arrested. And I think he has, like, a nervous breakdown. I think it's implied. Mm. He's in a psych ward at the end of the movie. But at the end of the movie, I just want to say... It's revealed that, like, Travis actually made this film, and I guess they find the negative for it, and um, Travis ends up winning the Hitchcock Award. Well, you're, you're post- assuming. Post-humanously. I, it's, it's heavily implied, though. Sure. We'll get into that, which I think is 
also dumb. Because it's kind of nice that Travis won the award for the film he did. Yeah. Especially since he, he got murdered. Mm-hmm. And that, that really sucks. It does suck to be murdered. Especially because he assumedly would have won that award mm-hmm. anyways. But also, they if that's something they actually did in this universe, they totally took away this chance from someone else who needed it. Yeah. And that's that's real fucked up. It's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. But, but it, it does suck it, for somebody it else. It definitely screwed someone over. But aside from that really stupid and convoluted reasoning for the murders, I think the ending of this film is overall really cool. Yeah. Because basically during the awards ceremony, there, which I assume happened, they give the award to Trevor, mm-hmm. Travis's magical twin brother. Yes. And while he's going to accept the award, the creepy guy who's been around the whole movie, he's like a PA... Pulls out a full sniper rifle. A full-on sniper rifle. And tries to shoot Trevor. I'm sorry, Travis. No, it's Trevor. <laughs> I'm getting myself confused. I don't remember. It's Travis. Tries to shoot... Tra- no, it's Trevor. Tries to shoot Trevor from the rafters. And Reese pulls out her goes and shoots him. A gilded gun. Yeah. Which, by the way, there's a cool reference to that. They do a good setup, but eventually there's a point where the guns get lost. In a bunch of prop guns. And Amy's able to find the real gun because she knows Reese's gun is gilded like yeah. that. Which, once again, good I, setup. Good setup, but also could only work at a film school. Yeah, good little thing. I just wanted to mention that. It's great. Reese shoots the PA and he falls down, and it's revealed that this final scene is a movie. Yep. And we get to learn that oh, Amy's successful now. Mm-hmm. It, it looks like she's still shooting a thesis film, but she's already has some clout, assumedly because of this whole scandal yeah. that went down. See, my implication there is that she's not shooting a thesis film. She's shooting a film, and she won the Hitchcock Award for her film, Urban Legend. So what I think happened is... she included that scene in the movie as a tribute to her ex-lover's <laughs> dead brother? No, so no I, her ex-lover... You know what I mean. What I think happened is I think the... I don't know if the Hitchcock Awards have passed or whatever, but I think her thesis film was supposed to be Urban Legend, right? She definitely did not make that movie because her cast all got murdered. Like, her cast and crew all got murdered. And so that film probably had to be scrapped. And so she decided to make a second film called Urban Legends, because I think they add the S to it, in which she's shooting a film about the events of this movie. So she's shooting a film about her making Urban Legends, during which the murders happened. And that the final scene of the movie is a dramatized version of the Hitchcock Award for that year when the murders take place. Mm. Because assumedly, I'm assuming this is probably the next year, the next semester. Because if she had to scrap her whole film, she wouldn't necessarily be able to get it done within the time period. But because she was involved in all this murder stuff, she's probably pretty famous now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also, she saved the life of the, the douchey guy. Yeah. Who had Hollywood connections, so he might kind of help her out because he feels like he owes her. He gets a good little moment in the uh, in the end of the movie. Yeah, but it's basically the most meta ending ever. Oh, yeah. Which, again, she's making a movie about the movie we just watched, mm-hmm. which was a movie that took place as she shot a movie inspired by the first movie. You know, not as many movies as um, One Cut of the Dead, but I was going to say, meta. this movie has layers. But right after that, there's a little closing credit scene so they're playing the the beginning of the credits as they show something and it's a really cool way they do it they they turn off the tv with the credits rolling and it's implied that the movie shown on that screen was urban legends Mm -hmm. and the person watching the tv is professor solomon in like a psychiatric care 
and a nurse wheels him away and is talking to him, and it's revealed that the nurse is Brenda. Brenda, the killer from the first movie. Yep. Who um, I honestly thought was going to come fully back around. Yeah. I was half expecting it. But it's this nice moment where she wheels away Solomon, and she's like, I think the two of us have a lot in common. And it's this great setup for a sequel where you yeah. can have these two killers from these two movies come together to create like an uber urban legend film, Yeah, um, which doesn't come about because I, I told Bob at the beginning, and he totally kind of forgot. And he was hopeful. Yeah. But the third film wasn't is hopeful. basically completely unrelated. Yeah. And has and neither of those killers. It doesn't have that video. payoff. But it's a really great um, build up. It's a good setup for a sequel. And I do want to mention this now because I think it would be very, very funny for potentially a sequel. Or if this film had gone a different way, mm-hmm. I would have loved to see Brenda be the killer <laughs> in an Urban Legends sequel. And okay. us as the audience know it's Brenda. But no one else knows Brenda. That's kind of what I thought this movie was going to be. Which is just very funny. It's like this moment of, okay, the killer's right there acting like a normal person. Someone get her. Someone get her. But she's doing the elaborate setup. Mm-hmm. And it would be even funnier if like, Brenda actually isn't the killer this one time. That'd be crazy. And she's just around. That's whack. But uh, obviously, that's not what the film did. I mean, that's kind of what the setup for th- at the end of the first movie Im- was going to imply the second movie was going yeah. to be. Yeah. Which is, I do want to mention, I do really like this movie, and I like the setup. Yeah. It is disappointing that they set up a movie Mm -hmm. that is like the one I just described, which I think is, probably wouldn't work as well for the whole whodunit aspect. No, because you know whodunit. But would have been very funny. Oh, it would be hilarious. Especially, uh, and you can make it suspenseful, too, if you have a second killer. Especially if Brenda doesn't know about the second killer. That's even funnier. Just like, I had a whole plan. I set all this up. You fucked Bullshit. it up. Yeah, that's actually hilarious. Or, oh, Brenda makes it away as the, the sole survivor <laughs> of a killings that's an urban legend based on her. Urban God legend. damn. Uh, oh, they could of... t- Paul would get revenge. <laughs> There's a lot of ways this could have gone. But yeah, good setup for a third film, although it doesn't uh, get carried out. With that being said, we're just going to go to um, I guess the out- uh, recommendations now, right? Yeah. All right, we'll go back to the regular section for... All right, Bob. <sighs> Now that we're back to like our usually scheduled program, do you want to give your recommendations for this film? If you're a fan of film in general and like are interested in the creation of film or the way film crews work or function, this movie is a good insight into that in a very not technical way, but just broad general way. Like you see a lot of really cool, interesting stuff, like background, like behind the scenes kind of stuff. There's broad strokes. It's it's nothing super in depth. No, but it's cool as a fan of film and cinema yeah, to see all that stuff, like, stylized. It's got a feel for it. Yes. I'm just going to say this now in case I forget. Rather than saying that I would recommend this for someone who wants to see, like, film stuff, I would say if you want to see film school stuff. Sure. Because it feels more specifically, like, amateurish and small crew based mm-hmm. and very reminiscent of films crew, uh, film school stuff. Like, I've, I've heard people talk about this film point at specific scenes and go i've seen that at film school (laughs) awesome if you want if you like the first film and wanted it to be more bloody and gross and like uh, this one's much more slashery i guess it's not a super over-the-top escalation but it's definitely there yeah highly recommend for that if you want a film that focuses on a small cast of characters but has very very i don't want to say amazing characterization but everyone's unique and funny and all the characters are, I don't know how else to put this, but they they feel 
good. Like when you when you put them in their own bubbles. Like it's like Dirk and Stan are funny together, and then you have other good characters here and there. Basically, all the characters are unique and interesting in ways that the first film lacked, and that is a <laughs> great plus for me. They're actual characters. They're actual characters in this movie. So if that's something that interests you, go for it. I think that's it. Okay. Right off the bat, Bob, you missed the the obvious one, which was the sequel. I mean, this, that's fair. This is the sequel to Urban Legend. So if you like the first movie, go watch this one. I will say right now, I maybe would recommend this film without having watched the first movie. They feel very different. Mm-hmm. And while there's a lot of references, well, no, there's not a lot. There's a couple references to the original film, um, very specifically at the ending, and a little bit of a scene with one, our legacy character. You could basically watch this film and not have seen the first one and take away everything. Yeah. And that's completely fine. And because this film is kind of tonally different from the first one mm-hmm. and is better, a part of me can kind of be like, go watch this one by itself. It works as a standalone. Yeah. Uh, with that being said, if you do like the first movie, I highly recommend you go watch this one. I do think it's a little bit better. With that aside, I would not recommend this as a movie if you're looking for like very specifically urban legend killings. Mm-hmm. They are referenced, but the first movie does that better. Uh, my main recommendations for this film is, like we said, uh, film school. If you want to see behind-the-scenes stuff for that. It's very broad strokes, but I, I, I do feel like a lot of the film references here are a lot more true the form for film school rather than actual movie film sets. There's definitely other films that do um, like a behind-the-scenes of a film shooting better than this one, but that's because I feel like they show an actual like Hollywood movie set and not film school. Next one, if you want to see some goyer deaths in your meta slasher this is right up your alley because like you know the audience that these films were going for they didn't necessarily want to do like super gory stuff and so a lot of these uh meta slashers that we've seen are pretty goreless they have blood but they're not really gross they're clean and so this one isn't super clean and that's kind of unique uh, and it's kind of nice if you want to see that and in a similar vein it has pretty decent kills Mm -hmm. there's only two kills yeah. That look kind of goofy. There are two that are Just lackluster. the effects on them. And they're really disappointing because I like the characters. Mm-hmm. And it could have looked cool. Yeah. I wish they got a more deserving death. But it, it's, it just isn't. There's some missed opportunities there. Plus, they die the same way, which is mm-hmm. extra disappointing. But otherwise, I think the kills in this one are pretty pretty unique. Especially because like, they're at least in part urban legend related. Not as cool as the first movies. No. But otherwise, you know, the last one I think is uh, Meta Slasher. If you're gonna see one of those, kind of into that scream vibe, go check it out. I think this is, I think this franchise is one of the good ones. Like overall, I feel pretty confident with these two movies. Mm-hmm. Not the third one, but the first two movies. <laughs> third one's not horrible. It's just basically unrelated and just has the name on it. That sucks. And also direct the video, which not necessarily a problem, but you know, there's a quality decline there. Uh, with that note, you want to give it a rating? Like I said at the start. This one's kind of a mixed bag. Like, we both said it. I think this film is objectively, overall, a better film than the first one. Oh, yeah. But I have one huge gripe with this film. What is it? Because I don't think you brought it up so far. Well, we talked about it in the spoiler section. The killer reveal blows ass. Oh, yeah. I don't it's even bad. I don't even know if it's bad so much as it's so much worse than the first movie. It's just so ridiculous. Like, it's not nearly as satisfying as the first film it, in any way. It's definitely not the worst killer reveal we've had. No, but... It's just it, in comparison. In comparison, it's so... It's it's like they went, oh yeah, someone has to be the killer. Let's throw this in on the end and be like, ah, killer! <laughs> someone has to be the killer. It needs to be surprising. 
uh, but we've made everyone not surprising. Yeah. So who do we choose? Mm-hmm. It sucks. And that is part of my big problem with this film is it is a whodunit meta slasher. And you're going to really fuck up the best part of any good whodunit. Yeah, the whodunit isn't stable enough. It's not stable. It's more of just a slasher. It's more of just a slasher. And that sucks because Super meta slasher, though. I like a good whodunit. <laughs> I know you do. So that's like my big my big major issue. That and I wish that some of the urban legend killings were more over the top and yeah. ridiculous like the first film. Just because I think that's kind of the draw that I get from watching the first film is going, man, that was really cool. I want more of that and not getting it in this film sucks. It, it felt less like urban legend killing movie and more like meta movie movie. Yes, but that is made up for the back. By the fact that we actually have real characters, and the writing is good, and there's, like, follow-through, and yeah. even the side characters are still unique and interesting like the first film. The gimmick and the whole, like, whodunit thing is much weaker, Yep, but everything else But is everything better. else is way better. Gave the last film a three? Yeah, you did. Three and a half. I like this movie. I think it's I think it's a much stronger entry in the series. Okay. You know, to be honest, I, I kind of in the same boat as Bob. I think, I think the end of this film, the whole, like killer reveal stuff probably the weakest part of this film otherwise it's overall a pretty decent slasher in fact i really appreciate all the meta elements i think they're fun yeah they're funny as fuck it's not the the best meta movie ever and i think there's better versions of this whole we're shooting a movie in a movie trope especially Mm -hmm. for slashers but this one's kind of unique because they chose a film school however this is a sequel And so I have to relate it back to the first movie. And the real issue is that the first movie is a gimmick slasher movie. It's really into these urban legends and like having the kills mirror urban legends. And this film references them, but it doesn't embrace that in the way that this franchise needs it to. Yeah. I do think that is related to who the killer is and they're not as obsessed with urban legends Mm -hmm. as the first movie's killer. But it does show. It makes this film, again, feel like it's almost its own standalone thing that's almost paying homage to Urban Legends but isn't an Urban Legends sequel. And so I think that that really takes away from the film. That being said, it's overall much better mm-hmm. than the first movie. It's mostly the characters that do it for me. Um, like, all the meta stuff's fun. But the first movie was decent except for the characters, and this movie fixes that up. Um, and so I gave the last movie a two and a half. I, I think it was a mixed bag, but I would have given it a three if it wasn't for like just the boring characters. And so I think this one fixes the character issue, and then it goes above and beyond, I think, the plot. So I, I'm going to give it a three and a half like Bob. I don't think it can go any higher than that because of the lack of urban legend embracing. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't normally be an issue for like any other film, but because this is a sequel to Urban Legend... It needs to match that quality of kills yep. in relation to the main concept. It also can't be a four or higher, I think, because of the killer at the end. Ugh. While this movie isn't as much of a whodunit as the first film, it still leads into that angle, and you got to have a better killer reveal. And at the very least, a better concept for yeah. why they're doing it. Oh, my God. I, I think the whole investigation behind the killer's motive is pretty decently done. It's not bad. It's well set up. Yep. But the reason for why the killer did all this is stupid. Yep. Stupid. So yeah, three and a half. Uh, on that note, though, we're going to go to the outtakes. So yeah. uh, we'll come back in a minute. Yeah. See you guys in a minute. Hey. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome to the outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Urban Legends Final Cut. I like this film. I think it's very, very fun. But if you do not want any major spoilers for this film, please skip to 1 hour, 30 minutes, and 14 seconds immediately. This first clip is our reaction to seeing the only returning character from the first film. What? What are you doing back? Why is she? Why is she the only returning She's character? She's our legacy character, Bob. The only one? Obviously the most important character from the last movie. Reese? Reese. Technically, she did kill the villain. That's true. Except she didn't, but you know. This next clip is our reaction to seeing one of the first urban legends enacted during the film. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't like? know. Oh, I don't think so. Ooh, ah, mm, mm. Nope, I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like people seeing their organs outside of their bodies like that. That makes... I, oh. This next clip is our reaction to probably the bloodiest kill in this entire film. Oh! Grabbing barbed bar like that. Mm. Oh, I don't like that. Ben, I don't like that. He's got her by the kidney wound. <laughs> I feel like the dog barking would just make this whole experience so much worse. <gasps> Whoa. I don't know how realistic that was. Not realistic, but cool. Uh, no, definitely cool. That glass was just like super sharp. That was a cool No witnesses. Kill. <laughs> oh, he get, gave the dog the kidney. This next clip is our reaction to probably one of the most egregious things that this film does. Oh my God, I'm going <laughs> to kill myself. His tw identical twin <laughs> brother, Trevor. How do we get a brother and not hire a second actor? This next clip is Ben's reaction to how preposterous it is that Amy can hear Simon being murdered from the soundstage. <laughs> no. What do you mean, no? They are on a soundstage, and somehow... With her shitty little boom mic, she can hear that guy screaming, help me, outside, very far away. That's pretty far, yeah. No. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. <laughs> Do we have any announcements, Ben? <laughs> When this come out? Huh? Monday? Monday. Ah, yeah, we're finishing Friday the 13th on Wednesday. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I had to just, I was like, hold on, did he just... Bob was doing some math. I was like, did he just say something that's not true? No, he's right. We're finishing it on Wednesday. Um, Fuck, we're finishing it on Wednesday, huh? Yeah, we've already finished it at this point that you're hearing this episode. Yeah. But yeah, the last Friday the 13th episode, which is the requel thing, it's not a part of the main timeline, but that's coming out... On Wednesday, check that out. That's going to be the last one we're doing is that series. Mm -hmm. Then it's back to just normal Friday episodes. Releases. Oh, thank God. My sleep schedule rejoices. Aside from that, we don't have any real announcements. So, you know, normal stuff. Check us out wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other associated places. Wherever you're listening to right now, it's probably a good guess of where we're at. We're also on YouTube. If you want to listen to us there for whatever reason, uh, it's probably not the best to listen to us at, but it's kind of nice because 
we can see you like supporting us there both through like views but also likes and subscriptions it's also one of the two places you can communicate with us at uh, you can do that on a specific episode in the comment section which is really nice if you want to like comment about something we said in that episode or you can go yell at bob over at twitter at beware the board or x i guess is it technically known uh. now maybe tell him if you have any issues like maybe one of our episodes being out of focus something <laughs> like that that's funny uh do you have anything to say bob like Ben said, check us out on Twitter at Beware the Board. It's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it goes on our Twitter. On Mondays, I post a spoiler poster for that Friday's episode, which is basically a hit movie cover that you can reveal, that you can click on to see what the movie is so you can watch it before we do. So you can, whenever you listen to the episode, you don't get any spoilers. And we're being really vague about stuff. You kind of know what we're talking about. Then on Friday or whatever the episode goes live, I post a link to the episode with maybe a meme. I don't know if this one's going to have a meme or not. I don't know. There was some funny stuff. I don't know if you're going to make a meme or not. Depends on how lazy I am. <laughs> Fair enough. But basically, if you miss an upload or want to know when something went up, there's always a link on our Twitter. Last thing, check us out on TikTok, at Beware the Board, and on YouTube Shorts. It's where we post short-form content from the show. Bob hasn't actually made any short-form content in a while, but... No, I've been very busy with this. You know, the actual show, and Friday the 13th, and convention prep, and everything else. It's kind of whack. But you can check that out, or don't. I don't really care. Yeah, Ben doesn't give a shit about short-form content. <laughs> but basically, I go through and scrub old episodes, and old episodes for new content, cutting out clips and stuff. So basically, if you're into short-form content and like the show, check us out at Boy the Board on TikTok and on YouTube Shorts. I think that's it. All right, well, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>